Hey, everyone. Welcome to Lessons with Mike. Today, I've got a very special guest. I'm here with Mary. Hey. And I'm so excited that you're here. We're going to have a great time. We're going to be talking about uh, your book that you're working on. We're going to talk about some adventures you've had hiking. So we're going to open up by just you telling us a little bit about yourself. Hey, um, so I'm Mary. And first of all, thank you for having me on. Uh, I was really excited when you uh, reached out to me. Uh, like I mentioned in our conversation earlier, I had a listen to your podcast and you interviewed another friend that I hiked with. So really, you know, happy to talk and chat. Um, so I'm Mary. My trail name is Newfound. I through hike the Appalachian Trail last year, uh, 2022, after a series of unfortunate events that I'm currently writing a book about. I know. I'm so excited. I read, I read your, um, your Instagram reel. I forgot what those were called, but that's what they're called. So yeah. I read that, but, oh, wow. This sounds so exciting. This could be a lifetime movie. I would watch this. <laughs> that's the highest praise <laughs> I've gotten <laughs> ever. <laughs> so, but yeah, tell us a little bit about these, these, these events. Yeah. Um, so COVID was a thing that happened to everyone and, uh, most people that ended up on the trail that year, or any long trail uh, in 2021 or 2022 were coming off of COVID. And everyone seemed to have an opportunity to really reflect on the course of their lives. Um, you go a little bit stir crazy being quarantined inside your house and you want to get outside and see more of the world now that we you know, are free to do so. But in addition to that, um, I also had the uh, happy happy circumstances going through a divorce in the middle of that. And it was a wild ride. Um, it took a while to get finalized and I had to completely renovate a house DIY style, you know, during all of that as well. So it was a time and I was definitely ready to leave society and go live in the woods for six months when that was over. <laughs> Even now, like years after the fact, the court system is still so backed up. So I can only imagine that must have took a, a significant amount of time. Yeah. Uh, in Louisiana, you, which is where I'm originally from, uh, you can get divorced if you don't have children uh, six, after six months of separation. But it was almost a year and a half before it was finalized. So it wasn't like it was a very amicable split, um, but it was drawn out you know okay. unnecessarily long because of the delays yeah and things happen things happen. so you said this was a happy moment for you tell us more about that yeah um so ironically that was it was a it was a rough time of course um you know divorce is always really hard but it was a turning point both for my life and my ex-spouse uh, they came out and asked for a divorce. They realized that about themselves uh, at that time during COVID. And we have been married in the Catholic faith where uh, their identity was not welcome. It was not allowed. And it took a lot of concerted effort for them to be able to accept who they were um, and have the courage to do that. And we were high school sweethearts. We basically grew up together. And it was very, it was a very difficult time, but at the same time, even while it was happening, I recognized it 
as the privilege that it was to see the person that I had cared about for so long grow into their own authenticity. And even though it meant we had to part ways, it was still just the best thing that could have happened for both of us. And I've been seeing some a lot of your photos. You just look so happy on the trail. And did you hike a lot before this happened, or is this something that happened after the fact? Uh, you're seeing uh, some of the good highlight reels. I, I recommend that you click on the New Hampshire portion of the highlights that I have on Instagram. I had I, I was suffering towards the end of it. Uh, I don't. I definitely don't want to paint it as like uh, an amazing, you know wonderful experience where every day is this full immersion in nature because it's not um it's it's a wonderful time and every day I wish I could go back there but you know comparatively speaking I did have a great time it was really amazing um as far as you know having prior backpacking experience there's not a lot of opportunity for that in Louisiana there's not a ton of public lands to use for that purpose, there's not a ton of backpacking loops out there. Um, so whenever I had a three-day weekend, I would drive to Arkansas. I would drive to North Carolina and try to make the most of my time. But even then, the longest backpacking trip I went on before through hiking the AT was three days. <laughs> See, that's the problem uh, with work. And we're expected to work, you know, Monday to Friday and most, most corporate level jobs. So I had the same problem. I went to Kentucky for a weekend. I was going to explore Mammoth Cave. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's huge. The largest cave network in North America, at least. Maybe the world. I'm not sure. But definitely North America. And mm -hmm. I got to explore one cave for like three hours because I, we spent seven hours driving to get there. And then I was so tired the next day. I didn't really feel like doing much. So I got, <laughs> I got, I got one cave in me. So hopefully next time if I go back, I can, I can do a few more of the larger caves and explore some more. Because there's, there's so much. And a lot of people don't realize how much nature has to offer. A lot mm -hmm. of people, like, they're afraid or they just don't understand. But there's so much peace you can find. Yeah, yeah it's difficult, like you said. But I've climbed the tops of mountains. Uh, not not nothing crazy high, but a few mountains. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. so peaceful when you get there, and it's good exercise. There's a lot of catharsis you can get from doing these things. So tell us a little bit about your uh, your preparations for the uh, through hike for the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, um, so through hiking was something that just an idea that knocked me over the head about you know goodness. I guess it was five years before my divorce. No, it was three years, three years before my divorce, five years from, you know, where we stand today. And I had never backpacked a day in my life. I had only done day hikes um, and it came out of nowhere. And when my divorce happened and COVID happened and all of that, it was one of the first things that came to mind. So I really gave myself not a ton of time to prepare, uh, like I said, I was renovating a house. I was going through a divorce and, you know, it was really just any weekend that I had that I wasn't, you know, up to my elbows and, you know, drywall and paint and everything that I was doing with the house. I was tossing all of my stuff into the back of my car and just driving eight hours to get anywhere worth backpacking. So there was, it was a crash course. There was a lot of, you know, Friday nights at a clock out of work already have my bag packed and just go. Uh, lots of trial and error. The first tent that I had was 
a monster car camping tent that weighed about five pounds, which is, you know, doesn't sound like a lot, but is really heavy by today's standards. Um, just a lot of different things. The first backpacking trip I went on, I had these boots that were ridiculous and just gave me the worst blisters. So it was a trial by fire. And I tell people that it's a miracle that, you know, I, I tried it and then kept going because of the first few times was a totally miserable experience, but something so, had just clicked in me that I wanted to go and do that. So your first few times, not the most fun. So then what made you keep doing it? Honestly, I can't tell you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's uh, one of those things. You got to do it. It's just one of those things. Yeah, you know, I maybe I just, I snapped. I don't know. But for me, I think, you know, looking back on it, backpacking and especially undergoing the experience of solo backpacking as I often had to do because you know no more partner not a ton of friends that wanted to go hiking I have I'm really lucky to have amazing friends that I met on the trail that will drop everything and go backpacking with me now but I had to learn how to be alone and there was something really scary about that but through the experiences that I had you know, with COVID, with the separation, the divorce, I learned that, you know, when something scares me, that's usually a really good reason to investigate it a little bit further. And it became, you know, an empowering experience to go into the woods by myself with everything that I needed to survive and knowing that I was, I could adapt to, you know, any changes that the weather or the terrain threw at me and make it back to my car. Um, so and of course nature is an always an amazing healing experience um you know i'm a writer i'm a photographer i take lots of <laughs> photo op breaks and you know just try to soak it all in when i'm out there so it's the beauty of it it's the challenge of it especially so you used to live in louisiana but now you live in in ash Asheville area ish right yeah Asheville ish yeah. <laughs> I live in western western North Carolina up in the mountains up in yeah. a holler somewhere in the middle of nowhere right closer to nature <laughs> yes so is that the house you were working on no the house that I was working on uh I left that in Baton Rouge in Louisiana um so I was working on it throughout 2020 sold it in I guess that was October 2021, uh, lived in an apartment for a little bit right after that, and then left and started my through hike of the Appalachian Trail in March of 2022. Um, it took me just over six months. It was a very average through hike. I took a lot of time off. I enjoyed myself. I wouldn't necessarily say that I platinum blazed it um but I had a great time yeah that's that's what I meant. it's not so much about you know speed you're not trying to break records just enjoy it yeah yeah it was it was awesome um I started getting fast towards the end because I was you know struggling <laughs> a good bit it, it dumped rain on us and it was just you know not a great time and I enjoyed the challenge of picking up pace but um yeah it was it was great well, tell me about some of the challenges that you faced on this uh, on this trip. Oh man, um, loneliness was yeah. definitely a big one. That was a surprising one. Um, I've always considered myself an introvert, and I recently retook the Myers Briggs test, and it it 
you know, thinks that I'm an extrovert. It thinks I'm a like an ENFP or J or something. I've got to stop um, right there because I'm also ENFP. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I've been I've been an introvert for years. So I, I respectfully disagree with Myers Briggs and their assessment, but <laughs> but uh so loneliness was a challenge. Um, I, I missed my family, even though I had wanted to move away from Louisiana for a long time. I have really, you know, just incredible friends back there that walked with me through the divorce and everything that I missed a lot when I was on trail. And I miss a lot right now, even though I live in this really beautiful place that I've dreamed about living in for years. Um, let's see some other specific challenges Pennsylvania through you know New York New Jersey it was hot there was no water we we suffered we we were being just broiled under the sun um I'm sure Blossom I think Blossom maybe mentioned that in her episode (laughs) but it it was a struggle and being from Louisiana I went into the through hike thinking there's no way that this is actually going to be hot. Like these people don't know what hot is. And it was, it was that bad. Um, New Hampshire, New Hampshire is the second to last state that you uh, hike through when you're hiking a traditional northbound of the Appalachian Trail. You hit it, you know, uh, right towards the end when you're at like your peak hiking condition you think you are a badass and you think you are so fast and so strong and then it humbles you and through hikers are many things but humble is not one of them (laughs) so uh that was that was a hit to the ego and it was you know physically very challenging and then Maine it just rained on us um I kind of feel bad yeah I I kind of feel bad for complaining about the rain because this year is even worse for them um but yeah it it was a struggle that's so interesting i would not have expected it to get uh to get so hot up in those northern states that's so interesting yeah it was legitimately humid as well um when you're in new york especially the trail kind of dips further east and goes close as close to the coast as you're gonna get uh when you're on there so it was it was legitimately hot humid but still somehow no water you're more we're swimming than hiking but you know the only water sources we had were water hoses behind delis and trail angels who would leave gallons of water at trailheads for us i i didn't find a single natural water source in all of new york that's unexpected i'm surprised by that because i would expect there would be a lot of lakes that you would come across Mm -hmm. in rivers yeah, uh, you would come across like beaver bogs, but yeah. and people would definitely drink from them, and you definitely could if you filtered it. But I, I'm, I'm a, you know, water source princess. I just, I refused. It smelled bad. <laughs> you could have technically drank it, but I didn't want to. <laughs> I, I get you, yeah. Because think about it, you're taking the water away from the beavers. How could you do exactly? That? They need it more than I do. You know, exactly. I can go to a deli and get a couple you know, giant, you know, subs and eat one right there and then hike one out and take some water from their water hose, you know. So you had to learn pretty quickly how to, how to pack and how to, how to uh, manage your resources pretty quickly, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Crash course. Was there ever a time that you were running low on food and you got worried? 
No, no, I have the opposite problem. Oh, I, no. I, I would pack way too much food. Um, the only time that I can say that I ever ran low was uh, when I was hiking the last 100 miles in Maine. Um, so there, there aren't any resupply points in the middle of there, in the middle of those last 100 miles. It's the most remote section of the entire trail. And typically what you'll do is uh, go to one of the hostels. Usually people pick Shaw's um, to, you know, purchase a big resupply, give half of it to them and carry half of it. About the halfway point through the 100 mile wilderness, they'll bring your resupply to you. You know, you can fill up there. So I did all of that. Um, the rule of thumb you know, if you're a through hiker and you get there, you want at least a week of food. Um, so I packed seven days of food and there was a very kind, very done with it section hiker who quit his section in the middle of it because of all the rain. He passed around, you know, his full pack of meals and gave me, you know, a couple dinners out of that. So I had even a little bit extra, but I was so hungry um, the hiker hunger is absolutely insane that I ate my last meal at the base of Katahdin and I had a single Milky Way <laughs> to get me to the top. And I was like, well, I guess I got to, <laughs> I have no choice but to do this. Um, make that that was the, last. <laughs> yeah, I got to really make that work. Um, the person who picked me up, I, I made him go to the closest McDonald's that was like almost an hour away and <laughs> just ate everything. <laughs> well, because you're burning a tremendous amount of calories walking uh, and hiking and climbing for several hours a day. I imagine you were mm -hmm. pretty hungry all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Usually, you know, they'll say that you're burning like five to six thousand calories a day. Um, you're hiking most of the day. You're walking 20 plus miles almost every day. Um so yeah, yeah, you, you burn it off pretty quickly. This is so interesting, but now I want to shift focus and move into uh, your book, if that's all right. Yes, of course. Perfect. So tell me about this, this book, where'd you get the, uh, the idea? What's it, what's, what's the main, what's the main synopsis, if you would? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so it is a memoir. It's a true story. Um, and it chronicles my you know, my long walk, uh, the way that I usually describe it when I have to give a pithy elevator pitch for it. Um, I took a long walk along the trail, of course, and had a lot of transformative experiences out there that I talk about. But I had an even longer walk um, that I took into a marriage that I got into where I was very young. Um, I, I cannot recommend marrying your high school sweetheart right out of college, <laughs> generally as a rule. Um, and while we, we were good people and we were good to each other, we were not good for each other. Um, we spent most of our time together trying very, very hard to be the people that we thought the other person needed. Um, I tried very, very hard to be a good Catholic wife. And I am anything but that. I have never been that. Um, but you can convince yourself of something when you really want it to be true and you think that's the only way to be and you can't conceive of any other way of living your life. Um, 
and my ex-spouse tried very hard to be a straight man and they were not that they never were but uh they convinced themselves that they were for a very long time so we took a long walk together down a path where we never should have gone um but somehow managed to find to write ourselves and walk ourselves back to where we belonged and continued down separate paths um so it was a it was a long journey from a place where I knew I didn't belong back to a, a life that I knew I needed to be living, which led me to the trail, which led me to learning how to be alone for the first time ever that, you know, in my adult life, in my young adult life, and all of the beautiful experiences that came from that. So it is a memoir. It is talking you know a lot about the trail of course the trail is central to the entire narrative but it you know it's also a story about why it's worth it to give up the life that you thought you needed to live in order to live the one that you deserve i love how you describe that and that's a beautiful metaphor because there's a literal trail that you're walking mm-hmm. and hiking. And then there's that, the metaphorical trail that we all go through, through, through life. It's like, a yeah. duet. I love that. That's a beautiful, is that what you're going to title it? The, uh, the long walk? I don't know. I don't have a name for it yet. I kind of thought about giving it my trail name um, because I gave myself my trail name. It was you know important to me, even though that's technically quote unquote against the rules to name yourself. It felt very important to me to well, name let's myself. Take a, let's take a pause real quick. Cause I forgot to yeah. ask you about your trail name. Can we talk about oh, yeah. that? Absolutely, I can. Um, So earlier I mentioned that the thought of hiking the trail just kind of walloped me upside the head. Um, I am not a spiritual person at all, if you can, (laughs) if you can believe that from our conversation. I'm stunned, I'm stunned. (laughs) Stunned, shocked. (laughs) But uh, so when I was still married, uh, my partner and I, we were on a long road trip up the East Coast and we went to a place called Newfound Gap. And that is a point of interest. It's a a significant landmark on the Appalachian Trail. It's, you know, the kind of the midpoint in the Smoky Mountains National Park. Uh, It's usually where people get off trail to go into Gatlinburg and get the only resupply you can really get in the middle of the Smokies. And I had heard of the AT. Um, You know, it it was famous. I had always been like, oh, that's kind of cool. But that was the first time I had ever seen it. And when I got out of the car at Newfound Gap and saw the sign for it, I felt very drawn to it. And, you know, I didn't have a conscious thought you know there there were no words it was just a very overwhelming sensation of the next time I'm here I will have walked here from Georgia and that happened at a time in my life where I had been on maybe (laughs) a five mile long day hike at the most ever and had zero backpacking experience had up until that point had no desire to learn how to go backpacking. It wasn't even on my radar, but, uh, you know, it was just a glimpse of the life that I didn't know was 
coming and I didn't know what I was going to have to lose in order to walk the trail. And I definitely didn't know everything that I was going to gain from walking the trail and everything that led up to the point of taking those first steps on that walk from Georgia to Maine. So when I started the trail, flash forward, <laughs> you know, a few years, uh, I think I visited Newfound Gap in 2017 and then started the trail in 2022. So flash forward a little bit, the divorce has happened. Um, life kind of sucks, I'm directionless. And then I remember that moment and go, okay, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know if I'm going to go back to grad school or stay in Baton Rouge or, you know, move out of state. There's a lot of things that I would like to do and are thinking about doing, but I think I really just need to take some time off and go live in the woods for six months. Um, so my trail name is Newfound after Newfound Gap. Um, you are technically not supposed to name yourself uh, it's kind of it's seen as like kind of a cringy thing uh in the through hiking community but you know I carried that name from Georgia to Maine I think I earned it uh and at the time when I was deciding oh am I gonna name myself or let someone else name me I was working to get my name changed back from my married name to my maiden name and something about that you know, thinking about that while also like, you know, going to the passport office and the social security office and submitting, you know, the paperwork for my divorce so that I could just get my name back. It felt very, it felt right to kind of take control of that narrative and decide what I was going to be known for. So I named myself after Newfound Gap because it was very special to me. That was my first big landmark of the trail. Um, I felt like I had accomplished most of what I needed by the time I made it to Newfound Gap, which is only 200 some miles into the trail. Um, I was, in a lot of ways, I was looking forward more so to making it to Newfound Gap than I was making it to Katahdin. Um, and yeah. I love that. So thanks so much for explaining that. Everyone take notes. If you're listening, you get all this for free, by the way. I just want to point that out. You get all oh, yeah. this great information for free. I'm not charging you people for this. So keep keep. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can tip me, though. Like, yes, everyone <laughs> I can drop my Venmo. <laughs> Go buy Mary's book when it comes out. No, I mean, it. Buy it when yeah. it so when are you thinking it's going to be ready? Oh, God, I, I wish I had control over that. So I am currently I'm still in the process of writing it. And my goal is to have it done by the time, you know, of the anniversary of completing my through hike. So I've been doing my best to every single day, look back at my journals that I carried on the AT and write down what happened that day and get basically caught up to this time last year. Where was I on the trail? What happened that day? Um, so hopefully the draft will be done by the end of September. And then from there, it's, you know, it's a process of finding an agent. I'm on the hunt for one. Um, and, you know, editors who can, you know, edit the book and then, you know, the, the long walk towards publishing will begin at that point. So we both keep saying soon. long walk. We both keep long walk. <laughs> 
feel like that's happening on purpose. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's an idea for you. Well, I'm so excited to read this book when it comes out. I think there's going to be a lot of benefits to people who read this because there are a lot of people. It goes beyond, you know, just hiking, especially in the area we live in the South. There's still to this to this day, unfortunately, a lot of prejudice um, against homosexual people in the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because you have people forcing themselves into a role which they are not compatible with and people living lives where they just aren't happy. And this, if you have one person that's unhappy in a relationship that permeates to the other person. Mm -hmm. So it does. Yeah. And I think if other people read this story, I think it could be inspirational to people who are having that same situation because I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's several people who have the same situation. I was taught mm-hmm. growing up that divorce is the worst thing you can ever possibly do. Never get a oh, divorce, yeah. no matter what. If you get a divorce, you're an awful, icky person. Mm-hmm. A lot of people out there who are trapped in terrible marriages, listen, it's okay. You, people make mistakes. You move on. You grow from them. You cannot oh, grow. Yeah. You can't grow if you're stuck in it. You got to get out. But my divorce, like, you know, to anyone who's listening, it, my divorce was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, my life has taken a, you know, extreme upward trajectory since you know my divorce happened um I have really just come out of my shell in a lot of ways and I also you know I still talk to my ex and she had she's finishing up school with a degree that she always wanted um she has an amazing partner of several years now and they she just she lives a life that I never imagined uh she'd be able to have and i gotta pause it's been beautiful yeah go ahead did did your ex transition or is this a different person she has yeah so i have been using they i use it interchangeably because for a while she identified as a they um but no she she is gotcha yeah just wanted to be clear yeah (laughs) yeah yeah sorry about that no you're fine (laughs) That is, and, that's uh, awesome. I love that both yes. of you have been able to, to grow into your own selves and, and discover this new level of happiness. I think it's really unfortunate the level of control that certain religious groups have over people. But we're not going to talk about that. I talk about that too mm-hmm. much in my other episodes as it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could talk about religion all day. I, please, got the most useful, I got the most useful degree in the world. I double majored in English and religious studies. So I can literally do it all day. <laughs> Well, I, if you're interested, we need, we can have a session where we do a religious uh, religious episode at some point in the future. Oh, yeah. I'm totally down. Oh, I love great. it. I love it. This has been so fun. If Do you have any – I don't want to cut you off. Is there anything else you want to convey before we uh, cl- transition into the ending? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to – I guess I wanted to touch on what you mentioned earlier because you made a really good point that um, I – you know, have told people who have asked me like, oh, don't you feel, you know, some kind of way about getting divorced? There's a lot of shame associated with that. Um, and I, I really haven't. And I've had a lot of people go, well, aren't you angry? Um, and for a time I was, I think that's really natural, you know, when your life is totally upended. Uh, but even early on in the divorce, I recognized that this, there was a lesson to be learned there and the thing that my ex-spouse was quote-unquote guilty of was the same exact thing I was guilty of right 
she was trying very, very hard to be something she was not in order to maintain a relationship. I also tried very, very hard to be something that I was not in order to maintain our relationship. We both lost our identities in each other and in each other's marriage. And it didn't, you know, it didn't save us. It still ended. It didn't make our relationship better. It made it worse in a lot of ways. And yeah, I, I, the main, if there has to be a, you know, a main theme or moral of the story that I'm writing that's been slowly revealing itself is, you know, you owe it to yourself to be fully who you are, to be truly authentic in who you are, what your identity is, what you want out of life. Because if you settle for anything less than that, it doesn't just impact you, it impacts the people around you. You know, it, it, anyone that you pull into that false narrative that you're living is going to be harmed by it. So exactly. you owe it to yourself, but you owe it to the people that you love as well. Mm-hmm. That was so beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you. <laughs> Everyone who has listened, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you liked this, and even if you didn't like it, even if you hate this, even if you passionately hate the program, share it anyway. Uh, yeah. Because- you know, why not? More people need to listen to it. More people need to know these stories. More people need to understand. And I think the propagation of this conversation will benefit people. So share the program, share it with your friends, your neighbors, your, your pet dogs, anyone you want to share it with. And thanks, Mary, so much for being here. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, thank you, Mike, for having me. And I am definitely down to talk more about religion because, yeah, I haven't had a chance to talk about that in many moons. <laughs> Perfect. So, next, time you're on, next time you're on, we'll do a whole religious thing. It'll be fun. And then after That'll that, when the book's published, you can come back again to talk about that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.